Hello and welcome back, everyone. Hello, hello. We are Gimme the Creeps, and thank you guys for joining us for this week's episode. Um, welcome. Have a seat. <laughs> we have a few questions for you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we don't. Interrogation time. <laughs> have you watched... I'm so sorry. I have to do this now. Have you watched um, The New Big Mouth? I have never seen a single episode of that show. What in the fuck? You... <laughs> would love the shit out of it. I don't know what it is about animated. I can barely hold on to Bob's Burgers. Are you serious? I don't know what it is. I can't. <laughs> Abby, it is so fucking weird, but it's so funny. It's, That's what I was going to say, especially when it's like inappropriate. I don't know. I can't yes, handle it for some reason. It is slightly weird. <laughs> um, there are some questionable moments. Uh but one of the characters, she reminds me of you. <laughs> oh, fabulous. Hopefully it's <laughs> the least funny. annoying one. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> well, thank you. <clears throat> I only thought of that because sometimes I sound like Lola for anyone that has watched it. Mm. Uh, I occasionally sound like Lola and I fucking hate it, but... New quiz for the pod. Which character are you? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what people that don't know who we are think we look like. Like, I I need to know. Right. Putting a voice (laughs) to a face. (laughs) I just picture, like, (laughs) people picture us, like, fucking, uh, what the fuck are they called from Lilo and Stitch? Pleakley and what's the Jumba? (laughs) (laughs) I cannot believe that's the first thing you imagine. (laughs) We cannot be seen. (laughs) And that is how I would be acting too. Yeah, I would be worried and I'd be like, fuck it. I'm going out there full floors. (laughs) That's hilarious. Okay. Today, I'm going to do topic or a case that has been, I feel like it's just previous to the new uh, updates. Uh, Mm -hmm. I feel like it was talked about a lot because it was an unsolved mystery and Mm. technically it's still ongoing, but we're going to do the Delphi murders. Ooh. Exciting. And and just because the I never wanted to talk about it really because I don't know that I didn't really want to talk about it. I just didn't, I don't know. Unsolved mysteries like drive me fucking insane. So uh, right. I mean, yeah, there wasn't really too much to discuss, you know? Yeah. So now that we have more, I, I totally get it. I'm yes. glad to cover it. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely wanted to do that. Um, I found an exceptionally great uh, write-up on Reddit by Mm. user Weathers Rabbits. And they fucking went all out on this shit. I love people. Yeah, like, I mean, 
because it was unsolved. It's just like with people with uh, how they freaked out with like Jean Benet, like right. I mean, the they just people were just. I mean, every little thing. Every they were forum, at. yeah, that's good. And like details, <laughs> people would come out with details that others didn't know, and it was like a. I, I guess it's part of the true crime community in general, but I'm glad it's. Yeah still the same if not better with like reddit and uh i don't know if 4chan is still a thing but yeah a lot of people are still blogging and discussing cases that are you know active investigation and stuff i think it's really awesome yeah absolutely there are especially now that there's a little bit more i guess i mean because there really technically isn't really a whole lot of information new information out there all we know is that this new guy is right has been charged right. or whatever but um anyways i don't i'm gonna get into it but uh perfect it's just fucking nuts it's just nuts and i wish people went down these fucking rabbit holes with unsolved cases that oh, are, i agree like um minority groups and stuff Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i wish there were more things but i don't know that people have fascinations with little white girls sometimes it's just one missing detail that could lead right to the answer that's what's so frustrating about a lot of these unsolved cases is they are so solvable you know we just need you know the right amount of attention on it yeah Yeah. exactly and this Um, one had Mm, I right exactly oh it was so right I totally I'm excited to discuss this one for sure yeah was I gonna tell you the I totally get the the minority group thing and what we can do is you know be thankful that uh these girls will have justice you know in the near future but what we can do is try harder with with other groups so I am glad you mentioned that yes so I'm gonna give like an overall like synopsis of this story and then we're going to get into the details. Nice. So on February 13th, 2017, which was a Monday, the weather was unseasonably warm. And according to historical weather websites, it was about 40 degrees with a low around 20 degrees. Abigail William and Liberty German, Abby and Libby, were two teens that were off from school. What do they call it? The snow days? But um, it was a bad weather day for school, Mm. basically. But they had to um, use those days. So it was like an exceptionally long weekend for them. So it was just a fun day off. And they had just enjoyed a pizza sleepover together and had convinced their family to let them go hiking in a normal spot that was a common and well-known teen hangout called Manon Highbridge Trails. The trails were east of their hometown of Delphi, Indiana, where they lived in a very small, tight-knit town. Uh, The kind of place where everyone left their doors unlocked. Of course. Mm. (laughs) It was about 1.45 p.m. when they started to hike and enjoyed taking nature photos and talking with each other about things. Normal teenage stuff. Libby posted a photo of Abby's Snapchat on the bridge part of the trail around 2.07 p.m. 
a haunting image that marks the last moment the girls were seen alive. After this, the girls vanished, and neither girl arrived at the pickup place where they were supposed to. When the family decided something was wrong, the police, the town, and other officials began to search for them. Nobody suspected foul play, and a large force of people searched for the girls. Most assumed that they had gotten hurt hiking, walked home, or had lost track of time. The official search force stopped around midnight, but volunteers stayed and chose to look for them through the night. The next morning, the search began again in full force, only to halt around noon with the despairing news that the girls had been found, but not alive. The girls' cause of death has never been released publicly, but the police have stated that they were murdered. The police hailed the girls as heroes because they had recorded their attacker with their phone and shown great bravery and presence of mind. The police released some footage from Liberty's phone showing the perpetrator in his voice, making this a case like none other. Um, A little bit about the historic trails and the high bridge. So Delphi Historic Trails in Carroll County contained the Monon High Bridge Trails, which goes over Deer Creek, and that's where their bodies had been found near. Mm. The Wabash, uh, that's probably wrong, and Erie Canal Association, a nonprofit group in Delphi, had been working on the trail system since the 80s. They had cleared over 10 miles of trails and kept them and kept up with them during that time. The Monon High Bridge Trail was the longest system section at 1.5 miles with a deep history. It fucking housed the railroad and mm. all that shit. There's a whole like section here. but So the trailhead that they had been dropped off by Libby's sister, Kelsey German, mm. at County Road 300 North, west of the Hoosier Heartland Highway... Mm. Uh, the trailhead is roughly three quarters of a mile to the bridge. Hoosier Heartland Highway is a four-lane highway built to replace the Indiana 25 from Lafayette to Logansport. Logansport? Mm. I know. We, we are not familiar with the Midwest. Y'all are going to have to bear with us. <laughs> they're rolling their eyes. They're like, come on. It ain't that hard. Yeah. They're like, get it together. Okay. I'd like you to pronounce New Braunfels. <laughs> Thank you, Amarillo. Dude, have you seen the TikTok of that girl <laughs> saying no. uh, that she just arrived in Labock, Texas? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so like a chicken clucking. Dude, for real. And I was <laughs> under the influence when that happened, when I first heard it. So I could not stop. Oh, it's so y'all can laugh at us. In other words, it's okay. Yes, you can. We I, I fucking hate pronunciation Nazis, but at the same time, <laughs> oh. I feel it. I know. Oh. I know. Agreed. Um. <laughs> random. Now, damn it, I'm gonna do it again randomly. Labar. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Doing that shit last night, but anyways, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, just fucking disregard all the words that I'm saying. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, right? yeah. You locals. <laughs> <laughs> so the road cut the 
Okay, the road cut. The modern hybrid trail in two. The state offered a solution that took the trail on a roundabout way to get from one side of the Hoosier Heartland to the other. Uh, the Indiana Department of Transportation told Delphi officials that if they could find a bridge to span the new highway, the state would consider it. If they could find a bridge. Oh, is that how that works? Uh, okay, so they found a bridge. They So they started to restore it in 2015. With the iron, with an iron bridge called the Freedom Bridge that was installed, and it connects the trail from City Park to the High Bridge. The trails were advertised as family safe and an interesting place to be. The only issue um, that this Weathers rabbits could find was that people wanted more renovations and safety features even before the murders. After the murders, there were calls to repair the bridge and make the area safer and adding cameras as well as finding the cars that had parked at trail entrances after dark for some time, even before the incident, like to add lights to. And there are also accounts from locals saying that the area, while beautiful, gives a person a feeling like there's somebody else around, though that there's nobody else around. Well, yeah, Mm, you're in fucking Isolated. Yeah. And so that's the trail and the bridge. So Delphi, the city, is in Carroll County, Indiana, USA. And it is named after the ancient city of Delphi, Greece. Uh, And it was plated in 1828. The town is home to several historical sites. And in 2010, there were only 2,893 people, 32% being children. The closest mm-hmm. big cities are Lafayette. I'm assuming it's Lafayette. Roughly, mm-hmm. it looks like it, but it's in Indiana. Who knows what? I think you're right. <clears throat> Which is roughly 30 miles away. And Indianapolis is about 70. Fort Wayne is about 100. And Kokomo, oh my God. Hmm. No, his name was Kokomo. Oh about, my! It's about thirty miles. Kokomo <laughs> is the Beach Boys song, right? I was thinking about the song. Yeah. Yes. I thought about the song first, and then I was like, "Oh, and Cocoa. Oh, that's Cocoa." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And that is about thirty miles away. Previously, before the murder, uh, Delphi used to come up in Google searches as Delphi Automotive or Delphi in Carroll County, Indiana. According to NeighborhoodScout.com, Delphi's crime index is 32, meaning it's 32% safer than other U.S. cities. In general, it seems property crimes are the highest in the area above others. This case is the first homicide since the 90s and the first child homicide in Carroll County since at least 1986. Oh, my goodness. So now that we have that background detail out of the way... Excuse me. We're going to rewind a bit to the day before the girls disappeared, which was February 12th, 2017. And that was a Sunday. Mm-hmm. So the girls went to the local park and played catch, supervised by Anna Williams, who's Abby's mother. 
The school was using the built-in snow days, making it a long weekend. Libby wanted Abby to stay that night, and Anna agreed to drop them off at Libby's house. The plan for the next evening was that Anna would pick Abby up after dinner at Libby's around 8 p.m. The girls went and they had a pizza sleepover where they hung out with Libby's older sister, Kelsey German, and some of her friends. They watched a scary movie, ate pizza and garlic knots, and enjoyed the time together. That sounds fucking good. I love that. And that is a great, like, last night together. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Very awesome. Later, the girls were painting in their room to end the night. Oh my god, it's literally like it's us. Yes, (laughs) I'm gonna cry. Stop. How sweet. Yeah, we used to make coffee in the afternoons and get our supplies out and just paint and eat, and it's pretty fun. Man, Uh, yeah, that's rough. So the next day was February 13th on a Monday, and Anna said that she spoke with Abby throughout her work shift, Anna's work shift. Carrie Timmons, who is Libby's mom, Mm -hmm. uh, went to work in the morning around 9 a.m. or 10 a.m., but it needs to be noted that Carrie lived in Kentucky at the time. So oh. she only kept in contact with Libby and Kelsey through like phone and Snapchat mm. and shit like that. Like they were constantly they like talking dad. to each other. And they she the um Libby and Kelsey lived with their grandparents and their dad. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um yeah, Carrie's in Kentucky. So Carrie said that she received a Snapchat message from Libby around 9 a.m. or so, and she was just relaxing in bed. And every day the pair would message each other somehow, even though they did not live together. And the girls reportedly didn't wake up until close to 10 a.m., according to Becky Patty, who is Libby's grandmother that she lives with. Hmm. Um, so then they woke up around 10 or they came out of the room around 10 and, um, they wanted to eat pancakes. So Derek, who is Libby's dad, who lives there with them, made them banana pancakes. After pancakes, the girls declared that they were bored (laughs) and, uh, they did a little bit of filing work for Becky, the grandma outside Mm -hmm. in her office space and then they did a bit of painting and then they moved on to another idea so kelsey the sister the older sister um of Mm -hmm. libby woke up late that morning as well and she had plans to go to her boyfriend's house and go to work after and the plan was to help her boyfriend whose name is chase clean out his truck that he was selling and then he'd go to work And she would chill there until it was time for her to go to work. Mm. So Kelsey was getting ready for the day when Libby burst into the room with Abby behind her and asked if she wanted to go to the high bridge. And at first, Kelsey said no, but she was like, I've been telling her no a lot lately. So I'm like, I'll just take her. So she was like, if you can find a ride back and grandma says yes then i'll take you to the high bridge 
Mm -hmm. So the girls asked their grandma for permission to walk the trails. And since the trails were a common hangout spot for teenagers, as well as being the local backdrop for photos like graduations and weddings, uh, she it wasn't like a huge deal. So mm -hmm. it, and it's known locally as just the high bridge. The girls mm -hmm. were familiar with the area and had previously been there before, as had most of the children in the town. Teenagers used the historical bridge as a rite of passage by walking across it. And there is a bench on the trails <clears throat> memorializing the graduating class of 1962, proving its longstanding history as a local spot. Long before this incident, the area was so beloved that Anna was reported to have had a photo of the bridge as her Facebook cover. That is so creepy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? Like, shit like that is so, like, it makes my skin crawl. You know, like, you would never think that that's the Yes. Final. It's just like we were talking about with the fucking suitcase. Like, right? That is very creepy. Mm -mm. You never know. So, um, oh, and then later when they cleared out the lockers, of the girls, one of the top photos inside was of the high bridge. Ugh. It really wow. was a place both of the girls had enjoyed and loved. Ugh. However, it seemed at least Anna didn't know the girls had actually been on the tall bridge before. Uh, <laughs> she says, no mother in her right mind would say, oh yeah, that's a great idea. She joked. Mm. Saying if she knew her daughter was walking on the high bridge, she would have had a come to Jesus talk with her. <laughs> Um, that's funny. So Kelsey said she wasn't surprised at all that her sister Libby crossed the bridge, but she was surprised that Abby had done so. Uh, wow. Is that shade? <laughs> One's a little uh, more wild than the other, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, Becky, the grandma may have thought one of the girl's friends was out there at the bridge when they asked to go because the girls had mentioned their friend being there. Mm. Becky does give permission as long as the girls found rides for there and back. The girls didn't exactly have their ride back as organized as expected, but as Kelsey explains, um, their father would never say no to Libby. And since he was going mm. to go through Delphi anyway, it wouldn't have been a problem. Um, Derek allegedly was going to Frankfurt. Frankfurt, that's what I call. <laughs> I call my dog set <laughs> for Becky's appraisal business. So mm -hmm. on their way out the door, Becky tries to get Libby to take a coat, but Libby just smiles and she said, "It's okay, Grandma," and leaves. <gasps> oh, oh, that reminds me of. What the fuck is that movie? Um, the Lovely Bones. I was just thinking about that movie too. That is so weird. <sighs> Ugh, um, such an upsetting movie. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Anyways. So Kelsey notices that neither of them have a jacket. So she runs back inside to grab a sweater for Abby and insists Libby take the sweatshirt. Mm -hmm. Um in the back seat that was always there for her. So on the way to the trailhead, Kelsey said Libby sat up front and Abby in the back and they cranked heathens by 21 pilots and drove. Oh my goodness. 2017. 
Uh, when she dropped them off at the trailhead, the drop-off point may have also been at the entrance of West 300. West 300, I don't I said it earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, the girls exchanged I love yous. And Kelsey mentions that she regrets not being observant of the details on that day. And now she's hyper-observant because she has to be. Oh, um, mm-hmm. Kelsey said that she remembered seeing a dark SUV it's rear windshield covered in decals parked near the entrance, but she can't remember anyone around it or anything else. She mentions that there was a couple of people on the trails, but they were far away. And the official drop-off time is about 1.45. Kelsey then goes to her boyfriend's and helps with his truck, and then Chase went to work 30 minutes before Kelsey, leaving her with his sister before she had to go to work. So, uh, there is one conflicting news source that reports differently on what was supposed to be the pickup person. One says Mike Patty, who is Libby's step grandfather, and another says Derek German, who's the dad. And most personal accounts from the family, it was Derek who was going to pick them up. So, Derek or whoever, one of them, agrees to pick up the girls, but supposedly only gave them a two-hour window of hiking time. 3 p.m. and 3.15 p.m. are the two possible times that the girls were supposed to have been picked up. 2.07 p.m. was Libby's last Snapchat, which leaves only a short window of time for their vanishing until somebody was actively looking for them. At 3.11 p.m., Derek texts or calls Libby to let her know he is on the way, but there was no response. At 3.14 p.m., Derek arrives at the pickup place of the trailhead. Derek does not take long to decide something is wrong and calls Becky, his mom, Mm -hmm. grandma, Mm -hmm. and both could not connect with Libby via cell phone or phone call. Uh, Tara, who is Libby's aunt, also joins in trying to call the cell phone. A bit before 4 p.m., Becky decides it's time to go look for the girls and she asks her husband her husband oh yeah okay yeah she asks her husband Mike to go help Mike finishes up at work and goes out to the trail as well okay so why are the news okay whatever Mike finishes up at work and goes out to the trail as well but he was 30 minutes out in Lafayette and not worried at first Becky says on her way there, she drives two different ways the girls could have chosen to take if they walked home to see if she runs into them there. At 4 p.m., the family starts calling around to see if the girls walked home or met up with friends. At 4.15 p.m., another family member, this is likely Cody and Becky. Who the fuck is Cody? (laughs) Oh, my God. They just keep getting introduced. And- they really were just rushing through that. But okay. I did not notice that. Okay. Oh, I guess this is the other family member that they're talking. Just his name is Cody. I'm assuming. It's oh, okay. Um, and the grandma arrive at the trailhead to, to help look. Cody? With mm. a- no, whatever. Okay. They call Kelsey around this time as well, and it's just a few minutes before she left for work. Kelsey calls into work and goes to the trails to help look. 
Mm. We got to the bridge. Me and Cody crossed it and looked around. Kelsey says. Um, they didn't see anyone on either side of the bridge at the time. Cody. I'm a, okay. It's just a f- random family member. Cody. Cody and Kelsey both yell for Libby as they search. Kelsey and Cody were the only ones to cross the bridge that night. The other family members were scared to cross. They walked the trail in the opposite direction of the crime scene, thinking that the girls may have walked to Abby's house and perhaps got lost walking there or back. Derek had tried walking down the trails a little way sometime during 3.15 and 4.15. Derek encounters a man in a cotton plaid shirt who said he had seen two people on the bridge. Derek encounters a man in a cotton plaid shirt who said he had seen two people on the bridge earlier when asked if he had seen the girls. Becky said that when she got to the trailhead, there were several cars there and had to park across the road in a ditch. According to Kelsey, she said she had friends at the trails prior to the she said she had friends at the trails prior to the girls going missing. And when they arrived, um, when they arrived to search, there were other people at the trails. I'm confused. Kelsey is worried. Like almost automatically knowing that Abby or knowing that Libby not answering or ignoring her phone was very unlikely. Mm-hmm. Roughly around 5 p.m., Mike had arrived and walked the trails a bit. Mike is the first one to call the police and report the girls. And as he talks on the phone, he starts walking to Freedom Bridge from the trails. Along the way, he runs into two police officers already searching. According to Mike, he had called the sheriff directly and not 911. And eventually he meets his family at the police station. How the fuck were there already two cops searching? Some of the family go to the police station around this time to file a missing persons report. Some family is there and others keep searching with eventually a majority of the family ending up at the police station at some point. Kelsey stays at the police station for most of the night. The family that searched that night were what they've come to the conclusion to be Cody, Kelsey, Tara, Amanda, whoever that is, Derek and Mike and Becky. Mm. So Becky calls AT&T around 5.30 p.m. to see if they can track Libby's phone. The company declines to help, and there is no official statement on why. But they're minors. So I would think they – I would think, like, the only way I would would think they couldn't is if they were, like, adults. Like, okay, that's a privacy thing. But they're minors. I would think they would have let them track the phone. Yeah, what and like I would just Uh-oh. be like, I'm not doing service with you ever again. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, for real. Because now that the timeline is laid out, it's like, how close were they to them while they were searching? Because they started searching immediately. Lucky, yeah. lucky for them, you know, the girls. But man, that sucks. Wow, it's fucking crazy. Mm. So Anna was at work around 5.30 p.m. when the girls were officially reported missing, and she got a call from Becky around this time. I didn't overly panic at first because I thought they were at the park and had lost track of time, uh, is what she told the son. Uh, Anna spent hours at the Carroll County Sheriff's Office in hopes of good news. Carrie, um, Libby's mom and... Kentucky, Kentucky got a call. From, huh? 
Sorry, Kentucky? Yes. Got a call from Kelsey around that time as well. Diane Erkskin, who is Abby's grandmother, was already having a rough day when she hears the news of the girls being missing. Apparently, Diane had lost a family friend to cancer that same day. And the girls were, like, fond of her and they called her Aunt Janie. Mm. But can you imagine... No, that's so weird, the timing of everything. Right? Oh, my God. Wow. So the night grows longer and the family calls friends, knocks on houses, posts on social media, and keeps up their search. The family scours the girls' uh, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook for any clues on their whereabouts. Kelsey shows everyone the Snapchat of Abby on the bridge, and so they know that they need to check the bridge area that night. So Libby's family starts to realize something extremely wrong as it gets darker because Libby is afraid of the dark. Mm. And so she's probably not out by choice at this point. Mm -hmm. And that it's confirmed now. That really is sad. Um, I like being her mom, I'd be like, I have to find her. She's afraid of the dark. Like, oh, I can't. Um, so the community starts to rally as well, and many people arrive with flashlights lighting up the area to help search. It's possible someone had a night drone, but it's not confirmed. I feel like they would have, I don't know mm. how well those work at night, but anyways. Gosh. The community word spread so quickly because of the use of the telephone tree system, <laughs> like in Practical Magic. Oh my goodness. And they search alleys, streets, and the trails. So the Delphi Volunteer Fire Department ran... Oh, wait a minute. The Delphi Fire Department ran by volunteers is one of the first to respond to help look, but they didn't know where to start. So they just checked everywhere, focusing on the creek, roadsides, streets, and friends' houses. They said they even checked the radius of the cell phone towers and about two miles all around, which is basically all of Delphi. (laughs) They did also check the bridge area. The mayor uh, heard about the search and drove over from two towns away to help. Wow. The family starts to think that the girls got lost in the woods or injured on their hike. So Anna worried because she knows that they're not good with directions (laughs) <laughs> and they've not eaten in a while, and the temperatures are getting lower. Oh, well, yeah, so she worries about that. Anna and Kelsey, being convinced that the girls are just lost, both have jackets ready along with snacks for when the girls are found. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <sighs> Anna becomes upset when the search party checks the creek water with flashlights and tells them to stop looking there. Because they're looking for two girls, not bodies. Oh, my goodness. I know. Also worries for the girls and starts wondering if they are just missing or abducted. Yeah. That's the tough part, too, is, like, if they could be looking that area, but they could be long gone by then. So Erica Gibson, a close friend of Abby and Libby, had FaceTimed her friends the night before. And she also joined the search. She speaks of her possibly creepy encounter during the Down the Hill podcast. Oh, 
Mm-hmm. But she says that she was almost out there at the bridge in the dark alone because she offered to check the bridge again one last time for Kelsey. Thankfully, she didn't because the firefighters had been searching the trails and had gone home. And the only only person, the only other person with her was another friend. Mm. But mm. I don't know. What does that have to do with anything, Erica? Right. Like, does that mean she would have also been in danger at that time or would they have stumbled upon something? So the official search stopped that night with the estimated time around midnight and 2 a.m. The reason Mm. cited was because of the darkness and the cold. Family and the community did not stop their search, however, with many staying out the night. They walked the trails, used ATVs and probably bikes. Kelsey and Becky decided to go home and try to sleep while other while another family members such as Mike kept going in the night. <sighs> that is a strong sense of community right there. Yep. The wow. night search stopped sometime around 4 a.m. and a few people did not stop searching at all. Wow. So on February 14th, 2017, which was a Tuesday. The search continued officially in the morning, and the start time is estimated around 7 or 9 a.m., and it intensifies now. So a search headquarters is made using the Delphi Fire Department building, and Pastor Todd Ladd of Delphi Methodist Church, where Becky and Mike attend, has asked there to talk with people as they came in and sign in or register volunteers. So Pastor Todd had seen Libby only a few days prior. And so he felt uh, compelled, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Canine units, dive teams, volunteers from all over the place, even outside of the city, helicopters and police take up the search. Volunteers are split into groups and sent to different locations Word is that the search officially started so late because of a dense fog in the morning. The search was said to have been somber and very little talking was happening. Most groups were sent away from the official searching, away from the official searching the trails. Kelsey, however, was assigned to a group to cross the high bridge. So Mm. some of the people in this group included Kelsey, Derek, uh, the grandfather, um, and like other just random people, whatever. But it was like a small group. So the group is afraid to cross the bridge. And so some break off to search in a part of the trail nearby. But Kelsey and like four or five other people cross the bridge. And they look under and in the area. Around noon, um, the crime scene and the bodies of the girls are found. The find starts with just a single shoe found by a volunteer who shouted to Kelsey. The shoe was found somewhere near the water and by the bridge while while Kelsey stood on a small hill near on the trail. They ask her what type of shoe the girls had, or they ask the color, and Kelsey is able to confirm that the shoe belonged to one of the girls. Now the searchers think 
the searcher thinks that he sees movement across the creek. So he opens his cell phone camera and zooms in for a better look. Through the camera, he sees two deer. So he starts walking in that direction to inspect further. Along the way... Um, or wait, no, not along the way. Um, so where those deer stood, like right by them, was the bodies of the girls. Oh my gosh. Isn't that weird? Two deer. Yeah, they were indicators. That's crazy. That's, yeah. So Kelsey had stood uphill a bit when the suit, when the searchers found her sister and tried to rush forward to them. However, mm-hmm. she was held back by another volunteer who had worked at the school and known her. Uh, Kelsey's grandpa. I think this is the the biological grandpa, not Mark. Or what was his name? Mike. Mike. Uh, because this one's name is Brad. So mm-hmm. Brad was there with her. And since she knew he had heart problems, she decided to just chill and tend to him. Because he clearly knew wow. what was happening too. Mm-hmm. Um, so they took his four wheeler back to his house and, f- uh, they, yeah, they left cause it was too much. Wow. So word about the bodies being found started spreading, but the news was unofficial. Kelsey didn't know if all of her family knew the news yet at that point, but she calls her dad to meet them at her grandpa Brad's house. In case he had a fucking heart attack or some shit. So the family Mm -hmm. gathers and goes to City Hall where they park out back. The family is officially informed of the situation there and had to be snuck out the back to avoid the media. Kelsey said that when they all got home, the community had prepared piles of food and deliveries to their home. Mm -hmm. And um, they had also, the community had also done it for the law enforcement as well. Wow. Um, but publicly, the law enforcement does not confirm the identities of the girls. Mm-hmm. And local teens began to gather outside the firehouse after word spread about the find. And a vigils held at Delphi United Methodist Church in the community pray- prays for the families of the girls, along with responders, teachers, and students. The service has a reading from the book of Matthew and several other churches that were involved in crossing denominational lines. Jeez. I mean, everybody went. Um, so the crime scene has never been clearly defined by law enforcement and there Mm -hmm. are pictures, but they don't Mm -hmm. really like, they don't show anything, you know what I mean? Like, it's just... Right. They don't show the girls' bodies, obviously, or anything like that, but it's just law enforcement just kind of standing in, like, a general area. But it's not... There's no, yeah, like, there's, indicator of where exactly they were. Or how. Well, yeah, or how. So... <clears throat> uh, but they were estimated to be half a mile from the bridge and and across Deer Creek and about 50 feet from the shore. It's assumed that they went off trail and down the hill to the north, then yeah. over a private driveway and further north to the Deer Creek, to Deer Creek, which at the time would have been shallow enough uh, to be ankle deep. Or to cross. Deep. Yeah. Wow. Um, 
it's on the other side upstream of this where the girls are found in a grouping of trees with deep grass. So this spot is due south of the cemetery. Man, they given the whole fucking thing. Yeah, the layout. Uh, the space is described as private and very quiet and close to the water against the flow of the creek. The property owner, Ron Logan, who has been cleared of involvement, but was a suspect, mentions it's only possible to get to this place between the cemetery and creek by foot because the terrain is rough and steep. The mm. place is a half mile east of the Freedom Bridge. So, wow. um, Sheriff Lanesby, I think that's what it is, says, unless someone absolutely somehow studied that trail in great depth, they would not know specifically where certain things were. Mm. So this is what causes investigators to think that the killer may have been a local that mm. lived there currently, grew up there, worked there. Perhaps yep. they were in the surrounding areas. So it is possible that the bridge and the trail were used as a trap and it could have been premeditated. Once you cross mm -hmm. the bridge, it's a, it obscures visually creating privacy with woodlands on all sides. Excuse me. You can only go forward from the bridge end and that encroaches on private property. It is entirely possible, but assume that the killer walked past them as they were crossing the bridge and doubled back. Doubled mm -hmm. back which may have caused the girls to become alert and film him. Alternatively, they could have spotted him following them, which caused them to be on guard and film him. Either way, Libby films him almost secretive as her phone is kept low and perhaps in her pocket. There is a misconception that she snapped photos and then recorded it, but it seems like there is only one recording the photos are pulled from... Uh, by the law enforcement. So the initial contact specifically happened right at the end of the bridge on the southeast end where it stops being a bridge and becomes a trail again. This would be the footage that the police had released and it's So their phones were on on them still when they died? When they were found? Yeah. No, the whole fucking thing about that too. I was wondering. They didn't Okay, we'll get to that in a second. But um, okay. <laughs> I should I play it the part of the footage that the police released? Sure, yeah. Hopefully, you can hear it. Let's see. Hopefully, you can hear it. It like repeated it, mm -hmm. but yeah, he says down the hill. Ugh, so creepy. So let me turn this back off. Um, where am I? Um, okay. So the they pulled the photos themselves from their from somewhere. Yeah, else. I think they're stills from the video. Okay, but so I'm guessing that they posted that to the story then, and they were able to get that footage through friends then. But you're gonna you're gonna tell me, so I, I don't know why I'm jumping the gun here. But yeah, I'm I'm curious about how they got yeah. the Snapchat footage. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it does talk about that later. Um, uh, 
Okay, so um, there may have been physical evidence on the scene, but the public does not know if the items recovered are part of the crime scene or if they are part of like just random shit that they found because mm. it's a public trail. Right. Um, it's It hasn't been confirmed, but items of interest are a girl's undergarment or garments that were near under the bridge. But that place is known for teenagers to be around. Mm. So somebody could have just been hooking up and left right. their fucking underwear there. Yeah. But I don't know. So that's why it's might be just public shit so Mm -hmm. um there was also a cigarette butt that was in the water but i mean it could be anybody's or it could have been there forever um so the man that took the pictures of the crime scene he has been quoted saying that he could see girls clothes in the creek east of the bridge but um he mm-hmm. may have been referencing the undergarment or whatever that was originally. Yeah, not connected. About. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are reports of possible footprints leading to or from the crime scene. But, um, oh, and at least the one shoe which was found on the other side of the creek. This section of info is hard to verify. as There was mm-hmm. a scandal involving police scanners and false transcripts. In general, oh, the police scanner is considered authentic and the transcripts are treated as false. It well, okay, yeah. So, um, it's implied. Okay, here we go. It's implied Libby's cell phone, which was like an iPhone 5 or 6, was recovered from the crime scene and not missing. Though there was speculation that her phone was recovered via an app or cloud service. Mm. So, Sergeant Holman tells investigate tells us that investigators have more audio from Libby's phone which was found with the girls at the crime scene and that is from Fox 59 in mm-hmm. August 2017 in other articles there is mentioned the police said that the girls were talking about girl stuff and laughing and they mentioned the man so I'm guessing that is from the entire video like so mm-hmm. it's possible they don't know exactly what the girls are talking about in the extended audio um, Kelsey in the live podcast with Gray Hughes mentions she's never heard the, this audio and Gray encourages her to listen to help decide what the girls are saying. Kelsey said she'll listen when she's ready. Jeez. Mm. So the girls started recording the encounter on the bridge. They tried, uh, they tried to ping Libby's phone, but the signal just bounced between two towers which is normal phone activity based on how those towers work and the family text were marked delivered, but unread according to accounts by family. So the, what the hell was his name? The other investigator, Lindsby or whatever I said his name is, in a YouTube interview states the attack was not recorded. So the phone mm. also, according to the family, rang until the evening when it eventually stopped ringing. Wow. So on February 24th, DNA evidence was collected from the crime scene and sent to a lab with expedited results. The results were not released publicly and the type of DNA collected was not released. 
However, we don't know what importance this DNA is. Carroll County Sheriff, oh, his name's Toby Lins- Linsby, confirms mm-hmm. the collection of DNA from the crime scene and alludes to evidence of fingerprints as well. According to the family, most people in connection to the case have had their DNA taken. Most anyone brought in for interviews had their DNA taken, and eventually people came and donated their DNA just to clear their names after false tips. Mm-hmm. So there are no official details about the girls' bodies or how they died besides the police saying that they were killed via homicide. The reason wow. for this is because the police are keeping a lot of details close to their vests in hope of being able to get a solid conviction. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has the added benefits of avoiding false confessions and creating copycats. Mm-hmm. This yep. technique has garnered them a lot of criticism. True. And it's like, what the f- – I've seen a lot of, like, posts about it on Reddit. Like, what the fuck does it matter if you know or not? What like, do we – yeah, what do we need – yeah, that's the thing about true crime. Like, we do enjoy the disturbing details and it is messed up. But at the same time, you know, this is an active investigation. So we shouldn't be, like, up in arms about what we know as right. a public – uh, because, yeah, those false confessions will roll in and mm-hmm. it'll just prolong the whole process. Yeah. Yeah, we're not, we're not entitled to that fucking information. Like, Yeah, especially it's children. I mean. Yeah, exactly. There's some, probably something really specific that they need you yeah, know, it from has that crime be, scene. I can't even imagine. Like, it. I can't even imagine. Right. Mm-mm. So, here we go. Um, speaking on behalf of state police, we don't ever release information about ongoing investigations. In this case, we gave out audio and photo evidence from Libby's video to help locate the perpetrator. We do that so when we get key evidence, only the killer or killers know the cause of death. We don't release Mm -hmm. it to the media because then everyone and their brother would know, and it's common to get false confessions from mentally disturbed people. So we're trying to keep the details close to the vest which is a quote from Indiana State Police First Sergeant Jerry Holman. So this lack of information, however, has caused confusion among the community and spurred the imaginations of many making a ripple effect of false information, conspiracies, and speculations. It has also angered many who desperately want the killer caught. Law enforcement is vague about any information pertaining to witnesses. No information about them has been released publicly. They allude to the idea that was multiple witnesses on the trial that may have been the perpetrator. The family talks about Derek having seen a man known online as the flannel guy or FSG for short. According to Derek, he asked this man if he had seen the girls. The reply was that he had saw that we already talked about him. A female via Facebook is also known to have mentioned being there on the trails around 2 p.m. According to her, she saw nothing at all. Um, Okay, so the police want... Oh, shit. Okay. Here we go. On February 15th... Oh, Lord. On February 15, 2017, autopsies had occurred on Wednesday morning in Terre Haute. That's probably so wrong. (laughs) You can make fun of me all you want. 
Um, and toxicology was done as well. Authorities said the autopsies were taking longer than expected. Dude, I think I might be allergic to this fucking Red Bull. The flavor. Is <laughs> <laughs> your throat swelling? It, it's a little, um, like my lips are. Scratchy? Yeah, my throat is a little mm. scratchy. Like it's a little prickly. <laughs> and my lips are like a little tiny bit on fire. <laughs> That is not good. Oh my god! <laughs> well, oh, no. but here I am still drinking it. You're like I need it. Mm. <laughs> I wonder if it's the fig. It tastes so good though. Interesting. It's that spicy Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, always something. It is always something. Shit. <laughs> okay. So. A pathologist <coughs> began in the morning and was still working around noon. The results were not released except for the fact that it did identify the girls. This caused more debate among the public, making assumptions about why the autopsies took so long and why didn't they release the identities after the autopsies. Time and time again, authorities allude to the crime scene as disturbing. Oh, no. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine what they look like. Okay. Mm-hmm. Unofficially, Robert Ives, um, during an interview with Down the Hill Podcast, which is a really good fucking podcast that I listened to for this, mm. um, reveals some information about the case. Ives had previously worked on the case as Carroll County, Indiana's chief prosecutor, and is now, and he is now district attorney. Ives reveals that there had been two or three specific unique signatures at the crime. Not literal signatures necessarily. The killer did three, two or three things that were unnecessary for the crime. The same investigator says the girls had been placed side by side. Mm. Robert Ives believes that this was the work of a singular killer with distinct mental illness. The signatures are not defined as pre or postmortem. Oh my goodness. Um, also, it's a small note, but the girls have different death dates according to their obituaries. Libby passed oh. away according to the obituary on the 13th and Abby on the 14th. This could have been a family choice based on when they were lost and found and may not have any oh. deeper meaning, but I, oh man, I want to know like yeah. how long were they. When they were found, how long did it appear that they had been dead? That's what I want to know. If one of them they died probably can't, before the I other, know. I am going to lose my mind. Uh, it's just, the, okay, because like the logistics getting around this is like one guy did it and did, you know, maybe tied one up and then took the other one down. Or, you know, maybe they were both scared, so he kept them together and they didn't try to fight him or anything. But Or there was more than one guy. That you know, is or person, which is so – it's just – the whole thing is so scary to think about in general. I mean, imagine being these girls and they're like, you know, what's going to happen to us? And if they were separated, that is very sad and very scary. It is extremely. Mm-mm. And then they were laid next to each other. Just, oh, what the heck? Uh, um, I don't know why it just randomly said Libby – was last seen wearing a tie-dye shirt with fringe on the bottom, gray sweatpants, and black lettering, and black Nike shoes. 
Abby mm-hmm. was last seen wearing a gray zip-up sweatshirt with a burgundy t-shirt underneath and blue jeans. Abigail Williams and Liberty German were laid to rest on February 19, 2017. It was separate and private funeral services with hundreds lining the funeral route to pay their respects. On February 19th, or I guess it was that afternoon or whatever, um, the community and others amassed over 1,000 at the Delphi Community Schools release lanterns with messages to pay respect. Oh, the environment. Yeah. Well. But, I mean... Uh, okay, How many? So, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Jesus. Yeah. So, Mike Patty, who was the step-grandfather, uh, said... In a News 6 report, I don't know what happened out there that day, whether there was a chance or an opportunity for one to break off or split or make a break for it or whatever. But, you know, I look at it as two young soldiers who covered each other's backs, two best friends. I wouldn't leave my best friend's side. And neither did they. That is so sad. I'm going (laughs) to cry. I am too. Oh, my God. Okay, so... Should I make a part two? It's already been an hour. I think, I mean, I feel like there would be more to well, come out whole, of it. So it's the next part is the investigation. Like we're getting into the nitty. Okay. Yeah. I would save it. That sounds good. Um, because like I said, now that they have someone in custody, I'm I'm sure they might release a little more information so right. they could hold off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause there's not, a whole lot on him right now. He's not talking. He's not cooperating. Um, right. He just pleaded non, not guilty. But um, absolutely. We'll do part two for the investigation. And a question. Mm. There are the suspects listed on here. Sh- sh- like the other ones. Right. I, I, I was going to ask. If you want to. I mean, it is part of the investigation that would have like led the authorities right. to these I guess people I'll so do a disclaimer that they're that they're cleared, cleared. or you know innocent i think most of <laughs> and them and so i guess are. technically the guy in custody is still innocent until proven but um, right. i i just saw right now that the judge put an order of protection over this guy because of the and community's bloodlust yeah, yeah so they can't find him and stuff well mm-hmm. let's just hope that um if he is not the only person who did this, that he gives up who else was involved because it's just right. horrendous. Um, and yeah, I just found an article on the Independent. There's a, a few names on there too. So yeah, you can you can definitely still bring them up. I mean, they had some suspicious stuff. So <clears throat> exactly. All right. Well, geez, I am very glad that you covered this as it is unfolding. Five years. That's pretty wild it seems like it just happened but i mean i'm sure for the families it it feels like it just happened Mm. Mm. um well rest in peace libby and abby uh best friends till the end very heartbreaking but the justice is it's on its way and that community man they really stuck by them they said these little girls are out here in the cold in the dark we're not leaving until we find them, and I am very proud of that community. I know we butchered a lot of those names on the map. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse mm-hmm. us, Midwesterners, and uh, 
Hopefully you guys join us again next time for more information as this case continues to break open with the investigation and the person in custody. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram and Twitter as we release more on each episode. And uh, thank you guys for listening. So did we give you the creeps?